Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Medically Speaking. Welcome to another program of Medically Speaking, Medically Speaking in the evening, I should say, because we have our Medically Speaking in the morning. And we are Medically Speaking tonight with Dr. Prasad Soretti. Hi, Dr. Soretti. How are Hi, you? Hi, Robin. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. I know this isn't your first time with me. Oh, yes. This is my third time. This is your Lynn. third time. The last time we were just talking, <laughs> Dr. Soretti got a little lost, so we did it over the phone. But tonight I was smart. I had him follow me. You know, every good woman makes sure that she brings her man right behind her. <laughs> it was so easy this time. It was easy this time. So, doctors, so just listen to the women. Just listen to me. That's right. I didn't, and I texted him, too. To make sure he he didn't forget me. So, Dr. Soretti, you are a board-certified plastic surgeon, and we were just talking, you've been part of the St. Mary's family since 1987. That's right. That's dating ourselves. That's okay. We're going far back, but that's good. (laughs) It has been a wonderful experience. It's been an incredible ride. Right. And you, you have done so much good for our community, and you've worked with patients for weight loss, you've worked with bariatric patients, you've worked with patients that have had major injuries. I know we just recently did a story with you about a woman who you did an incredible reconstruction of her face. Thank you. Here in Waterbury years ago. And I can't remember how long ago was that? 1989. 1989. Actually, she came back. She came back. I know we did that story. At at, uh, 25th anniversary. Actually, this patient is incredible because she's from Israel. Israel. So she was visiting Waterbury, visiting her friends. She lands here on Friday, mm-hmm. and Saturday morning she goes out jet skiing in Bantam Lake and ends up having a major facial trauma. Unbelievable. So. I remember the story, and she had contacted you, and then you let us know that she was going to be in, and we were able to meet with her, and she came actually to the hospital and met with some people here. She actually wanted to come back 25 years later Can you imagine from that? Israel all the way to Waterbury right? and thank St. Mary's Hospital uh, team oh, incredible. for taking such a wonderful care of her. That was an incredible and story. She, and she lived in St. Mary's for six months. She lived in St. Mary's for six months. So this Almost. is back in 1989. So just two years after you yeah. actually came here to the greater Waterbury area and you started touching the lives of, of people in, in this community and their family from beyond Thank you. right away. And, yes. and you know, just to, to recap that story, this woman did have a major accident with a jet ski in Bantam Lake while visiting family, right. as you said. And she she suffered immensely. But she, to see her, and I had the, the opportunity to see her, and she looks beautiful. You would never know Thank you. that she had the injury to her face. And she not only... Uh, went back to Israel, but she became executive in, in the business she was at. It's incredible. And How old was she, she when uh, that happened? She was 25. 25, so now so 50, she's years 50 years old. Right. Age. She was a youngster in my eyes, just yeah. so that's okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wanted to, to highlight that story, and I, I just thought about it as you and I were talking, because when you said the date of 1987, I remember that, you know, this woman had come back just recently, and just so the audience knows, I mean, plastic surgery goes well beyond what people think it goes you know when i think people think of plastic surgery they think of women that go for botox treatment or facelifts or or and it's so much more than that and i've had the opportunity to know your work ever since i've been a nurse on the floors and some of the lives that you have changed including this woman and i just i think it's really important to talk about that obviously plastic surgery has two components right. reconstructive surgery is uh 
is where you take abnormal, uh, you know, looking, you know, deformities and make it look more normal. Right. And the cosmetic part of it, where we take normal, you know, uh, normal form and make it better. And make it better. So now, you know, because of the overall experience over the years, these principles are interchangeable. So we use the same cosmetic surgery principles in reconstructive surgery to get the more or better results. Better results. And, you know, we talk about this so often here on this program, but it warrants mentioning now more than ever because with plastic surgery, I think people think they need to seek something outside of the greater Waterbury area. You know, they think they need to go to New York or, or Boston or wherever. And knowing your work and seeing your work and realizing all the good that you have done. And I wish people could have seen that woman because they'd be like, oh, my goodness, the incredible work you've done. People don't realize how much quality we have right here in greater Waterbury. Yeah, but there we have five plastic surgeons mm-hmm. in town everybody is wonderful they we all work together in a in a very collegial fashion and um, i think people really don't have to go out of this town for majority of the care of course there will be exceptions there Absolutely. Will be sometimes and there are certain personal preferences sometimes so you know, barring for that, I think right. Waterbury is well-placed in Absolutely. plastic surgery. One of the things I've always um, admired about the physicians in this community is if it's something they feel they can't do, they are never above making sure they have a colleague somewhere else that they would refer to. And that's no different to plastic, although we don't refer that much out. But... In the case you have to, it's always there. You have your colleagues, you have your connections, and sometimes you need to do that. And I think that's a sign of an incredible practitioner. Sometimes, actually, it is a good thing to get another opinion. Opin- sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, and when you are so close to some, some, you know, some of the uh, problems, right. sometimes you may miss out. You know, maybe a little thing which right. will make big difference. Which make a huge difference. So that the fresh set of eyes, definitely, collegial manner is a very good thing for the patient. Definitely, we wanted to bring you here tonight to talk a little bit about a program that you're going to be doing and I think that we'll go in that direction with our topic somewhat tonight but it's okay if the audience has questions and you want to take us off track we welcome your calls so certainly call us at 203-757-1320 with any calls you may have in regards to plastic surgery um, and any issues that you may have that a plastic um, Dr. Soretti can help you with but you're going to be doing a program for us um, next week Monday May 18th I'm April 18th oh boy I'm pushing spring <laughs> along Monday, April 18th at 6 p.m. at our St. Mary's Conference Center, and it's going to be called Body Contouring After Weight Loss. And St. Mary's Hospital, um, we have worked incredibly hard to um, create our bariatric program, and it's also a weight management program, and it's so important to us to have you part of that program, and I know you see quite a few patients. And maybe you want to talk a little bit about that program, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the things that you see after a patient has bariatric surgery or has had significant weight loss and some of the things that you've been able to do. See, the St. Mary's Hospital has been... uh, 
certified as a center of excellence for right. la- for bariatric surgery for past one and a half year. Obviously, they've been doing these procedures for much longer period before that. But when they get the center of excellence certification, that means they have to do certain minimum number of cases right. every year. Right. And also, they're peer reviewed, and you know. They, they're held to the national standards. Right, and I think that I'm, thank you so much for bringing that up because yes, St. Mary's has become a cent, uh, bariatric center of excellence and that's awarded to us by the blue, it's a blue distinction center of excellence from Anthem and basically, and I'll read a little bit about what that means, to receive the blue distinction center for bariatric surgery designation, a healthcare facility must demonstrate success in meeting patient safety as well as bariatric specific quality measures, including complications and for readmission um, for gastric stapling, gastric banding procedures. A healthcare facility must also earn national accreditations at both facility level and bariatric care specific level. So St. Mary's is accredited by the American College of Surgeons, Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery Accreditation and Quality Improvement Program, and the American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. This was Our goal with this was to make sure that we brought our patients back to a healthy life You are part of that team, and you are a significant part of that team. So this program really fits in to what we do with our bariatric patients, and that's why I wanted to bring you here tonight because I think it's such an important topic. Sometimes I see patients even before bariatric surgery, if patients wish to uh, seek some advice, um, and occasionally I see them for cosmetic surgery, but they're not candidates for, uh, let's say, abdominoplasty or right. other things they're seeking. Right. They're better off losing the weight, whether by diet and exercise program, which is occasionally uh, the same team, Right. the bariatric surgery team who, right. co- who counsels for you know, the diet and exercise program right. also counsels my patients who are seeking cosmetic surgery sometimes. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I, I know I've, I've heard you speak before, I've heard you speak many times, many lectures, and what I find is interesting is I think that all of us, we, we all want a quick fix. So sometimes to avoid typical road to success meaning you know the weight loss and the exercise and all of that sometimes we go and you know we want to have right away we want to have liposuction or all those things but sometimes it you really really need to lose the weight before you can have these measures done which is i believe what you're referring to yes certainly you know when bear you know for example a, a procedure like abdominoplasty right. is a significant undertaking mm. for the patient when you're doing that you might as well get the best results from that. Right. So there's some preparation before that will go a long way, number one. Number two, there may not be, uh, you know, we, uh, there may be other medical conditions which may make them a, a uh, candidate who can have more, you know, problems such as wound healing problems. Right. Right. So we would like to minimize those mm. problems. So during that period, you can utilize to lose weight and get a be- become a better patient. So, so your post-operative right. results are better. Your wound healing is better. So now let's let's take the typical case of a bariatric patient. Let's start with that. So if we have a bariatric patient that goes to one of our seminars, learns 
um, about the program and learns that they are a candidate for a bariatric surgery and they have the bariatric surgery. When do you see the patient? Um, as I said, sometimes I see them even before the. They uh, go. That is their personal choice. Right, but right. Typically, uh, patients after you have to lose weight and right. then the weight loss will become a, a plateau around mm. one year. About one year. Yeah. That is also sometimes patients lose weight very quickly, sometimes right. they lose late, uh, slowly. Right. But. The goal, uh, goal here is not only losing weight, but also giving your skin mm. that time to retract. How much and of whether, it does when retract? Mother Nature yeah. does it, right. it always does better. Yeah, that's true. When Mother Nature cannot do it anymore, then you can Then intervene. you step in. So let's talk about the abdomen, because I'm sure that's where most people carry the weight. Mm-hmm. So you see that, and you mentioned the, the um, abdominal plasty. Now... When a patient comes to see you, how much? First of all, how much retraction usually takes place in that year? It's very, it's very different for each patient. Mm. It's it's uh, the thinner the skin, more stretch marks one has, longer it takes for it to retract, and sometimes it doesn't. Right. But if a patient does not have stretch marks or previous. pregnancies right. or hernias, mm. then it tends to retract better. Tends to retract So better. that one year period it is not, it's, it's a commonly observed period where you would get to the maximum and beyond that you may not And improve. no two are the same. No two are the same. No two are the same. No. So when you assess the patient and you, what makes them a candidate? Well, first of all, they have to have excess skin to be removed. And typically, 99% of these patients who lost 100 or so pounds of weight, Mm. they always have excess weight. Mm. Sometimes it is in the upper abdomen, sometimes it's in the lower abdomen, sometimes it's combined. Sometimes it's combined. Is it different for men and women? Uh, men tend to contract better. Okay. Typically, well, always. Always. They always get. They always get the <laughs> best. Well, and also, <laughs> the, you know, the men don't seem to have that much loose skin about the belly button because they had no kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's where most of the stretch happens for women. Just saying. The lower abdomen, of course, is the area where it is very common to have excess skin, mm-hmm. and it's like an apron of skin which is overhangs the pubic area and onto the thighs sometimes. And it's unco- you know, it's it's difficult for people to understand if they don't have that problem. But I, I've met with patients I you know uh, working more now with um, the bariatric patients with super journey and meeting with some of them you know they worked so hard for that year and they went through the bariatric surgery and they're just starting to feel really good about themselves they've lost all this weight but they still can't dress the way they want to dress you know and now with of course the spring and the summer months are coming you want to be able to show your hard work and having that skin it's hard to fit it into smaller clothing. Yeah, it's this is mind, body, and soul. Right, mind, body, and soul. Uh, That's procedures. a good point. Right, it's so true. It goes so you, hand in hand. You have to make up your mind to do these things. Right. And then you do the procedure. That's the body That's part. That's the body. And the soul, you have to quench your soul's thirst to look 
That's the way right. You, look. you definitely do. You should <laughs> feel good about yourself. Exactly. So now tell me what happens with this well, type of procedure. Be- before yeah, go I ahead. go on, yes. you mentioned Sue Banjorni. Yes. I just have to give her kudos because she <laughs> made this happen. She lot, did make this of, happen. A lot of things in the bariatric surgery. Sue Bonjourney is our nurse, and she's been on the radio with us before, just for the audience that may not know. And Sue is our coordinator of the bariatric program. I call her the director and par excellence because <laughs> she does everything but have the surgery for you, pretty much. She's an incredible resource, and um, we love her. She's she's a great navigator for she, the patient. She is. She, uh, she's an She's a navigator. She 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 does everything she can to make it the best process possible. And she has a great team, which exactly. you know, we'll say you're not part to, of the not team. Not to mention the three excellent bariatric surgeons. Oh. Uh, and if I don't mention them, led by Dr. Ritchie, <laughs> who's been on the program with us, Dr. Aziz Ritchie, incredible. He's now our chief of staff at the hospital. Exactly. So proud of him. And Dr. Shadi Macaroon. And now we have Dr. Shohan Shetty, yes. who has recently joined us, who was um, a resident with us, a chief resident. Exactly. And they are an incredible team. Great of, team. They are an incredible Great. team. Yeah. You're, you're surprised I knew all of them right away. Right? <laughs> so I have my docs in a row. Right. <laughs> so now with the um, getting back to the surgery with the abdomen, what, what happens with that surgery? Typically, people have excess skin both above and below the belly button. Okay. They also may have separation of the muscles, mm. the rectus muscles, which are the key drivers you know, for you to sit up, be able to sit up and from the laying down position. These are the motors for your for right. you to be able to do it when you know women are pregnant they tend to splay open and and retract s- sideways mm-hmm. so they don't have the same mechanical advantage in sitting up and doing other things they don't have that same muscle yeah, tone muscle tone mm-hmm. so that's another uh, problem area for especially for bariatric patients and Many a times you also have hernias in this, especially when people were very large. It's not recognized. Now you lost weight. So now you're seeing you, them. You see them. Oh, isn't that interesting? So, mm-hmm. and sometimes the hernias were fixed in the past. They reoccur because that the fat inside the abdomen is pushing on these hernias. Well, and I'm sure so, that there's scar tissue in there too from, yeah. you know, if, if a woman has had uh, pregnancies but she's had C-sections, right. I'm sure you have scar tissue in there too that doesn't help. Exactly. So now when you do the procedure, um, what's entailed in the procedure? Typically, you, you when you assess the patient, you assess like inventory, how right. much excess skin one has, mm. how much excess fat one has and where is where is it located so you utilize m- multiple techniques it's not just cutting out excess skin but also removing the fat nowadays we use liposuction extensively to minimize undermining of the skin so we don't disrupt the circulation to the skin so you that's feel interesting better. that's interesting because even if the patient's lost the body weight there's still fat in there yes that's still Still because you don't get rid of that. Not everything. You not can everything. Get rid of most of it. Yeah. But there'll be some areas which are. Think about it like this: even when you're skinny, sometimes mm-hmm. you will still have certain areas of areas problems by genetic mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. You can't lose it. Right. And it's the same thing even in bariatric patients. You may lose hundred pounds, but there are certain areas you cannot lose. You can't. So that type of body body typing is is 
there from the beginning. Hmm. So since you lost weight with the surgery or dieting and exercise, you still have to address those issues. So the surgery is not just meant to remove that excess skin. It is to blend your abdomen or your back, the breasts or the face or Mm -hmm. the arms. It is to blend in a more harmonious way. Which is what you're going to talk about. At, at the, the program at the, at the next program. week. Yes. So when a patient has, let's say, you know, we're talking about the abdomen right now, and then I do want to go to the arms and other areas because I think that it's even though you do them in harmony to make this contouring happen, some don't need all. Right. So some people would just, so if we focus on the abdomen, what is the healing time for something like that? Typically about three to four weeks. That is that is what we advise patients to have time on hand. Right. Um, also, you have to understand people who has bari- particularly bariatric surgery, mm-hmm. they do lack certain nutrients. So they have to take extra care, right. whether vitamins or minerals or right. protein, extra protein. So these things also affect their healing. So especially when people, patients have these procedures, we want them to make sure that they have enough time on hand right. to heal well to heal before well. you go back to work. Now, it all depends on the type of work you do. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a office work, you don't need that long a time right. to go back. Right. If you're not taking pain medication, you can certainly work. Right. I've, I've seen pictures of the befores and afters of the work that you have done. It's it's amazing Thank how you. beautiful uh, men and women look after having you know significant weight loss, whether through bariatric or through dieting and exercise. And now they've they were left with all the skin, and to have that body image be improved so much, that's part of the healing. Well, a lot of times people also have rash mm. from the excess skin, from the excess skin, right, and the chronic infections. And sometimes people elect to eliminate just the lower part of the bi- lower part of the abdomen, right. the extra skin. For the extra skin. So that's what we call paniculectomy. So it's a much lesser procedure, a lot less time to recover. And that's just the lower just, part of the abdomen, yes, where it kind of folds over onto your lap. Exactly. Not that I know what that is. <laughs> Johnny, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that is a that is simpler procedure but it's more of a functional procedure right. not, you know to to make to get rid of those infections and stuff like that it's, and you know you, that's why i was saying earlier people don't realize that you know plastic surgery plays such an important role in preventing infection working with the body to help the body be its best it can be so you can be as healthy as you can be mm-hmm. and they don't realize that plastic surgery plays such a huge role in that Well, plastic surgery is probably one of the oldest surgical uh, surgical uh, disciplines. Mm. Started out more than seven hundred years BC. Seven hundred years BC. (laughs) The plastic name itself was adapted later because plastic, by it's a Greek word saying to mold. Okay. It's not plastic because we use plastic, I mean, uh, synthetic Could you material. imagine that? I never knew that. Yes. Well, plastic surgery always responded to the social demands. Mm. So in olden days, when, you know, long, long time ago, 
people were branded as enemies of the state by cutting their noses off. If they <laughs> if they were branded because they were uh, if they lost the war. Right. They wanted to make sure that that no, you know who the loser was. <laughs> who the loser was. <laughs> so they cut off their noses. Yes. So the plastic surgery actually one of the things started plastic surgery is how to reconstruct the nose by You're your own me. tissues, and this is almost 600 years BC technique, wow. which is still being used. That is so, so interesting. So plastic surgery means it is more than just cosmetic surgery. More than just cosmetic. But cosmetic surgery is actually what made the results of plastic surgery what they are today. Right, brought them to the brought it to the forefront. Exactly. We are going to take a quick quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Dr. Soretti regarding um, the body contouring after weight loss program. We'll be doing next week. Be right back.
from St. Mary's Hospital. Welcome back to Medically Speaking. And we are Medically Speaking tonight with Dr. Prasad Soretti, who is a plastic surgeon here in the greater Waterbury area and been with the St. Mary's family since like 1987 doing surgeries here at St. Mary's. And we love having you. Thank you. Where would we be without you? Well, same place in Waterbury. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to Waterbury? Uh, interesting question because uh, I I was an intern in Waterbury in 1976. Really? Yes, 77, 78. So it was like uh, when I finished my plastic surgery residence. I mean, and then I went on to uh, into New Haven to mm-hmm. do my general surgery residency, and then some research. Following mm-hmm. that, I went to. University of Texas in mm-hmm. Galveston for plastic surgery residency. And to make the circle complete, came back to water. Came back home. You know, it's Just in, like those uh, salmon. You like know? the salmon, they swim back upstream. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have so many physicians um, on with me, and you all come from a variety of areas, but some way, shape, or form, Waterbury touched you. And that's why I say to people, you cannot believe the direction our physicians have taken to come here and to look at your your credentialing and to look at you know what brought you here why people would leave is is beyond me we do have the best of the best and you're definitely one of them so we're so again happy to have you so we are talking tonight to dr soretti um about a program that we are going to be doing with him at saint mary's next monday april 18th at 6 p.m at our saint mary's conference center it is called body body contouring after weight loss and it is a program focusing on the discussion of surgical and non-surgical options for patients and how to redevelop or reinvent your body after significant weight loss um, because you are left with, a lot of times, a body that you weren't born with, a body that you're not used to, thinking that the weight loss would bring you to the best that you can be. Health-wise, you are definitely there, but mind-wise, but in spirit wise, you're not fully there because you still have the skin that you're left with that maybe take you make you feel less than what you want to be. Right. So the the non surgical procedures you're talking about are applicable for if you don't have extra skin. Mm. That's when you can use the non surgical procedures. Like the liposuction like that we liposuction alone. Typically, remember, all these modalities are used, not 
even with skin excision, we use liposuction. Right. But there are other modalities which you can skin tightening when there is very minimal skin excess. Right. It's not for everybody, a small section of patients, particularly for patients who lose about 100 pounds. They're not uh, the right procedures. Right. Then for those patients who have a lot of excess skin, Mm -hmm. you need surgical removal. You need surgical removal. And we talked in the beginning of the program, we focused on the abdomen. But as we were talking um, off the air, you were saying that first stomach, then breast, breast. then extremities, and then face. So that's that's how the requests go. That's typically the... um, how people perceive right you know you can abdomen because it becomes a functional partly functional problem Mm. partly i mean partly cosmetic problem right now the breasts also lose a lot of you know substance like fat and the skin doesn't contract as well so when you're looking at yourself what we call their two areas which flow one into the other. Right. So people typically look at themselves and they look at themselves, the breast and body goes together. Definitely. Especially the front. Right. So they, that's where most of the focus is in the beginning. Now the breast themselves, I'm sure for women that is so uncomfortable. You know, because you're left with all the skin. And very much like you said with the abdomen, underneath the breast you get the rashing too, I would think. exactly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we use that extra skin. Extra skin is removed, but not the fat underneath. We use that to mold into breast without implants. So you have a larger breast at a higher position without need for an implant. Oh. And what we call autologous reconstruction. Meaning, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, sometimes you also have to use an implant. Right. But more and more, we would like to get away from the implant as much as possible, at least in the beginning. When you can. When you can. And these two procedures sometimes can be combined, abdomen and breast. So you take skin from the abdomen to rebuild the breast? That somewhat? is usually done in mastectomy patients. Okay. But we're talking about the excess The excess, right, the excess, right. patient has in their own breast. Okay, There's okay. There's so much of it. Okay. Extending it into the armpit. Right. Actually, you can take all that extra skin and fill the upper portion of the breast so that you create a fuller breast. Typically, the lower pole of the breast is okay, but you, people always tend to have a, a lack of projection in the upper right, pole. Right, in a so la- we, la- we take the, whatever is remaining in the lower pole right. and then transfer oh, that's it to interesting. the upper breast. And you've had really good results with that. Excellent. Really because, good results. Because they're part, they're, it's your Because your own tissue. It's your own tissue. That's really interesting. Well, that And that is life-changing for many women, I'm, I'm sure. And, and typically the scars are well hidden. Right. So, you know, when, with the modern techniques of using certain types of sutures and other things. That's important, too. You know, I think when people think about plastic surgery and those types of surgeries, they think that I'm going to be scarred. So what difference does it make? I may look good in clothes, but, you know, I'm not going to look good to myself in the shower or to my mate or to my partner. But again, think about it this way. You know, the scars are placed in such a location. They're natural 
uh, folds. The natural folds of the skin, okay. The skin, so they're not really visible. Right. Especially after scar maturation is over, after right. six to six months to a year, they tend to disappear. It's, it's not that they're not there, right. but they blend in with the skin. They blend in with the skin. Now, we ta- you also talked about extremities. So I know for women, one of the most biggest problem areas is the upper arm, and women call them bat wings. I know that's kind of the common term that we use amongst us older women as we get older. But for women with significant weight loss, that is even more exaggerated, right. I'm sure. So what do you do for that? Uh, we typically we remove that excess skin. Right. Also use liposuction okay. to to minimize undermining of the skin, and the scars are placed in such a way they're not visible. Mm. Uh, that is inside of the arm. On the inside of the arm. Inside of the arm. So it's not visible either from front, back, or the side. D- is it painful for women after that surgery? Do they lose any muscle? No. Um, or elasticity? Typically, or? these are not. The abdominoplasty involves some tightening of the muscle. Right. That's where some of the pain comes from. Okay. But typically, people take pain medication for probably for a for a week. Right. Following that, people can get by Tylenol or Advil. So now, when you do the arms, are there any limitations after yes. the surgery? Any procedure. Needs about three weeks of healing. Of healing. Yeah, even if Once, it's just the arms. Yeah, yeah. Once it is healed with proper compression garments and other things, you can return to, you can return to, to normal. normal activities. What about, you know, we're talking about extremities. You know, I'm going to focus, of course, next, you know, obvious piece would be your legs. So where on the leg is the most problem area for patients after significant weight loss? When... Part of the trunk is also the back. Uh-huh. So we also do many procedures, what we call back lift or buttock lift. I was going to ask about the buttock. <laughs> so thinking so, that wasn't an extremity, I was going to naturally go to the tail there. The buttock is part of the, it sort of straddles the back okay. as well as the extremities. Mm-hmm. So it, just like abdominoplasty, we do the lifting of the buttock as well. It's just a reverse of abdominoplasty where we pull, push, pull all the skin down. In case of back, we pull the skin up. up so that it is not saggy. And also we employ some of the liposuction of the lateral thighs and the back of the thighs to improve the contour of the buttock. And very often we use the whatever fat that was removed for in the liposuction, right. we re- reutilize it to improve the contour of the buttock. So you are not only uh, use, you're not only improving the position of the buttock, but also improving the contour of the buttock. So nice round buttock. And they may have never had that before. A lot of times people have very lax buttock mm-hmm. after massive weight loss, mm. and it makes a big difference how they feel about it. That's, it's incredible. I mean, and what that does for them, you know, and I'm sure just is life-changing. Yes. Definitely life-changing. Now, we sat here and we t- and it was something I never thought about, but you see a lot of patients that the most important thing for them is the actually face because if they've had a double chin or a, you know, extensive, where would that skin be, mostly in the neck or? A lot of times people lose the neck is the first one people see, but mm. also the, you lose some of the tone in the mid-face. Mm. So face lift and neck lift are very common procedures wow. for women. 
uh, or men, mm. especially when they lose, sometimes patients lose most of the weight in the upper body. They, for them, it's number one issue. It's the first because it's the first thing you see. Right. So it's the first. So what do you generally have to do? It's a facelift. It's a facelift. Yeah, now a- let's talk about that a little bit because I mean, I, and, and I know there's so many different. Um, what do you call them? The housewife shows out there. Mm-hmm. Housewives of Atlanta, of New Jersey, of, and they all have these these types of procedures. So. What is a typical facelift? What does it entail? The modern facelift is not just pulling the skin mm. and, raise, and lifting it up because that's like how you get that, that. That's how you get the artificial look. You yeah. know, people talk about right. Modern facelift includes improving the fat compartments under the skin first. So you basically you're building the foundation for mm-hmm. more natural look of the face. Mm-hmm. And then you're m- removing minimal amount of skin so that it looks natural. So you're actually working under the skin to create that natural face. So and we the also, best face that you can be yes, for you. Yeah, it's it's it is for you. Right. It is not somebody else. Because it's so true, you know, you see so many of these women, they all look the same. They start to all look the same. And also you can use the same thing. Some of the fat graft in certain areas where your lid and cheeks come together, where the cheek and the lips come together. These are the areas where you can enhance the, the beauty of the central face. So it is not... Just pulling and stitching. Nip and tuck. It is more than planning, surgical planning included. And people don't realize, I mean, that's, you know, when you've had significant weight loss, some people think you look, you don't look well because your face looks drawn. You know, say, oh, they don't look well. They've lost so much weight. They've gotten so drawn. So what you're talking about is you almost plump the face back up somewhat. So part of the modern facelift right. is not just skin excision, but also volume. Volume, yeah. You uh. know, reclaiming the volume. Right. And that can come in the form of repositioning the tissues underneath, plus adding some fat, the fat grafts we're right. talking about, right. especially for the central face, what I call the inner circle. The inner circle. The eyes to the chin. Eyes to the chin. Now... When you see people coming in after bariatric surgery or significant weight loss, are you finding that they start with one, they heal, and they're like, you know, maybe I'm going to do this? Or do they come in with you and say to you, contour my whole body? Just let's make a plan. It's, again, very different for every patient. Sometimes patients are, they don't want to experiment in other areas, so they would like to get to know the procedures mm. by the most concerning problem and typically it's the abdomen it's the abdomen first and yeah and then they go on to the other areas like you talked about for other patients it may be the face right so they may start with the face and then go on to the other areas so to the other areas so it, everything depends on individual so this is the planning really depends on what patients would like to achieve Right. I think one sometimes of the sometimes you may have a master plan. Right. Sometimes you may discuss in small portions. And sometimes you go in with a plan and that plan has changed just based on conversation yes. with you. And you know, one thing I know about you for many years is you listen to the patient and you let them help guide you on what roadmap because I think that's gonna be the best success for them. 
Yeah, but one of the things you want to keep in mind when you're planning, though, is you just don't focus on one small area. Right. At least in the first consultation, you want to get an overview of at least, let's say, if you're talking about the body, you want to get an overview of what is that you're accomplishing right. in the body. So sometimes more than one procedure can be done right. safely. Right. And most of the times those procedures are done in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much tissue that needs to be removed, they can also be done in the outpatient settings like Naugatuck Valley Surgery Center. That's interesting. That's I didn't realize we, we could do, do so many uh, in the outpatient. That's great. That's where we do most of our cosmetic surgery. Is our good old Naugatuck Valley Surgery Center. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's an incredible place. Yes. I hope you don't have to go there, but if you have to have surgery, <laughs> it's an incredible place run by Joan Thompson, one of the best nurses around. Exactly. So it depends on patients' needs, right. whether they have family and friends who mm. can take care of them. Right. And so a lot of decisions are personal. Yeah, definitely. You have to look at the patient as an individual. You know, and of course, their medical condition also dictates some of these procedures. Definitely. Definitely. I know we talked about that. I mean, you're looking if the patient's a diabetic and what their healing process mm-hmm. will be for a patient like that, especially but a lot of these patients hopefully after they've had the weight loss, their type 2 diabetes will now hopefully be under control mm-hmm. and they'll be able to heal better. Yeah. Typically, we'd like to have their medical doctor involved preoperatively yeah. or a cardiologist if they need cardiology clearances. So a lot of these uh, planning, it's not a simple uh, one-day uh, consultation and next-day surgery. It's a whole plan. Yes. It's a whole plan with a whole team. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, we were talking about having them meet with their primary care physician and having them involved. One of the things that I know we're trying to, we have been doing with um, the bariatric patients is making sure that after the surgery there is some conversation with the doctor on what to look for with these patients for their nutritional levels and you know making sure that these patients really maintain proper nutrition which helps them get to that health level they need to be at and then hopefully get them down the path where if they need to seek the plastic surgery they're healthier Exactly. And can do it. So it's always a team approach. It's a team approach. Definitely. Yes. You the want team not only consists of medical professionals, but also the patients and the family. Oh, definitely. They have to be well-educated, well-involved. Mm-hmm. One question I had for you was, how old is the oldest patient you saw after weight loss surgery? I mean, do we see patients, older patients? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There, no. Old or young is not the question. Hmm. What is their physiologic age? It's not the numerical age. We, ha- we have patients who are 60, 70-year-old patients who lost quite a bit of weight. Who Want that through, quality. Yeah, went through procedures quite safely. That's, it's, you know, we don't realize that it's not just for the young. I right. think, you know, I want to make that point because we see so many ages in, in the uh, bariatric program and the weight management program that, you know, it, it's... It's a tool, the plastic surgery is a tool that can be used at any age, depending on their health. So the improvement of the safety comes from the medical, total medical care. Right, it's that full compass mm-hmm. surrounding the entire patient and their family and every aspect of the healthcare team. Right. I don't want to go totally off topic, but I have a question because you mentioned it. Um, you, we were talking about the breast and you were talking mastectomy and near and dear to my heart because I worked with a lot of breast cancer patients. So I just want to ask you a question since I have you. Sure. So 
are we seeing in patients that are breast cancer survivors and they've had a mastectomy, are we going more in the direction of implants or are we going more in the direction of breast or reconstruction utilizing your own tissue or the tram flap? What are you seeing more in your practice? More towards the implant. More towards implants again. surgery because at least in the beginning, because a lot of times there are a lot of issues patients are having, including the type of cancer, the the nature of the cancer, mm-hmm. the stage of cancer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things need to be sorted out. Mm-hmm. So if patient is young, healthy, and has a very early cancer, and autologous reconstruction can be used as mm-hmm. well. But if there is there are a lot of questions to be answered, patients opt for a simpler procedure to start the reconstructive process with the new technology of tissue expanders and also surgical techniques where they can preserve right. your own breast tissue, right. which makes the reconstruction much more different than olden days when they used to take out a lot of skin. Right. Nowadays, breast surgeons also preserve the nipple and areola in certain selected patients. Right. So that makes the reconstruction much better. Right. And you don't need a very complex reconstructions like your own tissue. I, you know, I've worked with breast cancer patients for so many years, and I've seen the evolution of where, you know, where plastic surgery has gone. And people don't realize that it just, it's empowering for women to have that breast back for a lot of women. It's, uh, it's really important. Yeah. One of, when I was in training, one of our patients said uh, mastectomy saved my life, but reconstruction made it worth living. Mm. And that really goes a long way. That does go. That, those are powerful words. It's, right. it's so true. Are you seeing that with those patients that have mastectomies? Are they opting to do an implant or tissue expanders at the time of the mastectomy? Yes. Is that the best principle to do? It is the best time to do it. Sometimes it may not be ideal for a patient, especially if there is not good circulation to the skin flap. You don't want to stress it with another procedure. However, all, all things are equal. We would like to start the reconstruction at the time of surgery. At the time of surgery. At the time of mastectomy. At the time of the mastectomy. That doesn't mean you won't have another stage. Right. But the goal here is to preserve the skin as much as possible. And that's so important. And let it not shrink right. as the process of healing sets in. And you work really closely with our three breast surgeons, and we are so lucky Thank to you. have you here. We are very blessed to have three incredible female breast surgeons here in the greater Waterbury area, and Dr. Soretti works very closely with them. And I want to highlight your program because Johnny's giving me the high sign here that we're almost, we're almost to the end of our program. I don't know where this hour went, but it was incredibly interesting. Uh, and thank I thank you, you so much. I'm going to have to bring you back for, especially October when we do breast cancer awareness, and we'll we'll talk some more, and we'll bring on one of our breast surgeons with you. It'll be we'll a talk more about the process, about definitely. But you know, October I had is what we call Bra Month. Bra Month. <laughs> Breast Reconstruction Awareness Month. Okay, we have a new term for it. Great. 
I love it. I'm going to make sure that we utilize that in all of our marketing. So we want to remind everyone that we are hosting a program with Dr. Soretti on April 18th, which is next Monday at 6 p.m. at the St. Mary's Conference Center. The conference center is the big building across from St. Mary's Hospital, and you can park in the open lot and just um, walk right across. I'm not sure if if you can park underneath, but I know you can definitely park right across the street. Um, It's called Body Contouring After Weight Loss. It is a free program, and we would love for you to attend. We do require a pre-registration, and you can call um, 203-709-3312, or you can visit our St. Mary's Hospital website at stmh.org to register for the program right there, which I think is the best way to do it um, because our Catherine Walker, who's our incredible community outreach coordinator, is everywhere and I want to make sure that we're you know we get your call right away so definitely either call her or go on the stmh.org I also want to highlight another program that Dr. Soretti will be at with us it is May 11th it is our sparkle event which is our signature event for the spirit of women which St. Mary's as you know is a spirit of women hospital we are going to be having our sparkle event which is a health and wellness event for women of all ages and this year we are having it at the AquaTurf Club from 5 to 9 p.m. Registration is just $10. You get an incredible meal. We have over 36 health and wellness vendors that you can visit. And we also are going to have a massage area. We're also going to have a um, red carpet where you can do live selfie photo booth. And the most important thing is we're going to have a room called Dessert with the Docs where Dr. Soretti will be a part of. And you can go in and taste the incredible treats of Sweet Maria's and visit with the Docs. Um, Have one-on-one conversations while you're having dessert and coffee. So we think that's going to be a lot of fun. And again, that is at um, the AquaTurf Club on May 11th, Sparkle. And to register, you can also call my poor Catherine, 203-709-3312, or please go on to stmh.org and visit the Sparkle website, and you can register right there. So thank you so much for joining us. This is Robin Sills with Dr. Soretti, and we want to say have a great evening. And remember St. Mary's Hospital, exceptional care every patient every day. Have a great night.